welcome back to Tailgates and Turnovers, the Film Crew College Football Podcast. Uh, for this Friday, it's going to be me again, Tyler, and we are joined today by Austin once again. How's it going, Austin? Good. Happy to be back. Back so soon. Ready to talk uh, week zero and the start of college football season. So let's get into it. Exciting times. We're all ready for it. And also joining us today is our resident Bayou Bengal. It's going to be Gray. Gray, how's it going, my man? It's going good. What's up, everybody? Uh, glad to be back. Um, been a little bit, but yeah, glad to be back. Hell yeah. Let's get glad, to, glad to have you back. So looking at week zero here, we're going to talk a little bit about the massive media deal the Big Ten just signed uh, last week. And just going to go over some of the details there and just kind of talk about what this means for the game at large, some uh, some outlooks on the future here. And then we will look at some of the higher end week zero matchups here. Uh, let's talk spreads. So uh, we'll do a little pick them here. And then after that, we're going to talk about the season at large. Uh, just going to go over what we think is going to end up happening by the end of the year. And after that, we've got a surprise segment with a couple of our other guests that we've had before. Uh, we're going to get a commitment ceremony from our buddies, Tobias and Shane. They're finally going to pick who they're going to root for this year. So hopefully they've had a lot of time to go over the pros and cons, get their NIL deals in order. But uh, it's time to make a decision. It's time to put a hat on. So we're looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Shane's, Shane's going to be a tiger, baby. <laughs> recruiting class <laughs> gonna pull a five star for the recruiting class huh oh yeah all right i have no idea what direction they're gonna go i'm, I'm very curious yeah I'm, I'm, I'm curious too i think uh i think they were both pretty highly recruited and it's gonna be gonna be interesting to hear them talk about their process so uh but before yeah. we get to that let's go over the uh the seven billion dollar elephant in the room and it got reported last week by a number of outlets, including The Athletic, including the Business Sports Journal, that the Big Ten signed a new media deal with three networks, uh, Fox, CBS, and NBC. And the deal was going to pay at least $7 billion over seven years, potentially up to eight. And, I mean, it's massive. Like, this, it's the biggest deal in college football history. And the fact that it's spread out over three networks is pretty pretty fascinating, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly thinking of expansion, right? They're just, I think this was, the idea was that they know this conference is going to get bigger, you know, at least what's been thrown around, like 20 teams potentially. So they got to cover it with three networks. Uh, it's going to be weird to not see the SEC on CBS. I'm not used to that. I thought the, that video that they put out with uh, Big Ten highlights with the CBS song just didn't stick quite right <laughs> to me, not yet. I'll still get used to it, but yeah, that was uh, that was weird. I'm just curious uh, what I'm going to be watching at nine nine a.m. going forward, and where it's going to be on. So, yeah, for sure. So, Gray, I mean, obviously, you're uh, you're going to be the SEC fan today. So, how how are you feeling about the song leaving? Uh, I'm very saddened by it because I loved two thirty games on CBS. I liked. Uh, I was a big fan of Vern and Gary Danielson back in the day, and then you know, growing up through that. And then, um, but yeah, like, I'm um, just, it's going to be really weird to see those games with that song. And then like, you know, ESPN, like, L like LSU games on ESPN is not, I'm not, you like, it's not any different than what I'm used to now. Like, cause they play on ESPN every now and then, especially for night games. But, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's just heartbreaking somewhat. 
Yeah, I'm sure uh, Gary Danielson's looking forward from uh, switching to covering a Georgia Florida game to uh, you know <laughs> Wisconsin Iowa. I'm sure. He's yeah. Get a real kick <laughs> yeah. Out of that one. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be a big adjustment for everybody. I think you know people have already been used to seeing the Big Ten on Fox with their big noon kickoff and. The Big Ten has done a great job at marketing that and making that into a, you know, kind of a premier time slot where back in the past, like that was when you got the absolute garbage games. Like that was when you got your Northwestern and Rutgers games. But the Big yeah. Ten is the Big Ten's made it an event. And I think it's paid off for them in the long run. If they can spread out, you know, the quality of the games, like you mentioned, that early slate has never been good. If they can spread that out and get some real big ones on early i think you know that's going to help capture attention and get people interested all day long you know yeah it's just, I, it has not been a very even spread no so. it hasn't been and i think that was kind of the idea behind giving it to the three different networks so you got fox that's going to have the big noon kickoff cbs is going to have that 330 slot which you know that was typically the the sec game of the game of the week slot and then NBC is going to have that nighttime slot. And I think that's the idea is just you're going to be able to flip from broadcast network to broadcast network. And I think the the fact that these are all on over-the-air networks is important. Um, you know, ESPN, obviously, the vast majority of households, I would say, in the United States have ESPN. But not all of them do. And yeah. there are going to be people who are going to have the rabbit ears hooked up to the TVs and they're just going to be able to flip from these, from these three channels all day. And I think that's going to do, that's going to be really good for them financially in the long term. Mm -hmm. um, uh, last thing I'll say about this is that the CBS really dropped the ball on having going from, and they were paying way less than they are now for the big Ten's second or third best game compared to having the best game of the SEC. SEC went to them and try to restructure the deal and they said no so i don't know i guess they just see more upside in the future with the big 10 with notre dame and other teams potentially joining but yeah I don't and know. I, yeah and i did want to talk a little bit about notre dame but i think uh i think it is possible that you know cbs and the sec obviously with that deal being very favorable to cbs you if you were the cbs you wouldn't want to renegotiate that either i mean yeah can't really say you blame them for that, but you also can't blame the SEC for them wanting to to look elsewhere. So, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if there was some bad blood going on there between the two, but uh, it was very interesting to see the the SEC go all in on ESPN. And I mean, yeah, they're going to dominate that network, obviously, and they're going to dominate all of these smaller channels like you know ESPN two and the SEC network is obviously an ESPN thing and. You know, ESPN is also going to have the ACC network and probably the Pac-12 network eventually. So, um, you know, they're going to have their fair share of games. But yeah. the Big Ten does have more of the bigger brands, especially now that they've added USC and UCLA and the potential to add Notre Dame. And with adding Notre Dame, NBC, their section of the deal, it is not going to replace any Notre Dame primetime game. So in the event that Notre Dame is playing a primetime game, which they only play like two or three a year, most of their games are at 3.30 anyway, um, mm -hmm. that game is going to take precedence over NBC. And so, you know, I kind of wonder where they're going to put that game when they have those when they have those crop up because they still have the Big Ten Network and they, they have now Peacock and Paramount Plus that they can lean on. But 
I don't know if you want to put it on any of those if it's yeah. going to be a, if it's going to be a good game. I wouldn't be shocked if they maybe test the waters with the streaming services. You know, I think they might try to push people toward them. Um, I know there's been. I'm kind of surprised that someone like Amazon hasn't been involved in any of this. Like, yeah, I look at Amazon for the Pac-12. You know, talking about like those cities skewing younger. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe test the waters with Peacock especially, but who knows? Yeah, I think Peacock is probably going to get a lot of play, and it sounds like they're going to get a pretty good chunk of the basketball games too. So, I mean, this, okay. deal, this deal isn't just for football. This is for all big yeah, this, sports. that's true. And, you know, those it's going to kind of suck for people who aren't necessarily technical, technologically competent enough to – utilize those streaming or don't want to utilize those streaming services. Like, you know, it, it makes sense for them to do this though, because with the basketball games, especially there's so many games that, you know, those three channels aren't going to be able to get every game. And even if you throw the big 10 network on there, like that's still only four games on a night where you could have like six or seven. So, right. You know, I think it's good for the big 10. I don't know if it's necessarily, it's obviously going to be priming an expansion though. Like you guys brought up at the very beginning and, Everybody's wondering when that next domino is going to fall. Everybody assumed it was at Notre Dame, but, you know, we heard from some sources that Oregon is basically a lock to the Big Ten at this point. We know via some other reporting that they have already applied to join the Big Ten and there have been some preliminary talks. But, you know, we heard that this was basically a done deal and who who knows how long that's going to take. But I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon is the first one in. I think all of this is going to... We're gonna. This is become gonna become a lot more clear in the next couple of months. Uh, I know Oregon met with the the Big Ten. They met with the conference to see like what kind of fit they could be, like what how the conference would fit the school, uh, and maybe they came away with a deal with an agreement. I don't know, but that's all. I all all I officially know that they've let on is that the yes they met with the conference. Um, from there, I, I'm sure more came out of that than just a preliminary meeting, but who knows? Yeah, you would have to imagine that there were some serious discussions going on, especially right after USC and UCLA bailed. Once that got announced, I'm sure, you know, the AD and the president of Oregon were trying to figure out pretty quickly where they stood with the, with the rest of college football on that landscape. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be yeah. interesting. I do think they're probably going to be one of the teams that goes to the Big Ten eventually. And, you know, Austin, you and I talked about this on the Pac-12 episode, but there's not really a ton that the Pac-12 can do about it right now. Nope, not right now, not especially not without a TV deal. I know that I saw today, it looks like they're trying to ramp that up with ESPN. Uh, they need to do better than that $25 million figure that we saw. Um, so, I, like I said, I think they're going to try to get, it's kind of a race to the finish. You know, the Pac-12, they want to get this done. Flitnikov wants to get this done. Or Klyovkov, his name is very difficult for me to pronounce. Uh, but no, yeah, this I think this should be resolved maybe by the end of October. The sooner than later, yeah, Oregon especially. What, what's stopping them from from bolting? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah, um, you know, I wonder what happens to Utah because uh, that's like the probably the last best team that's in Pac-12. Yeah, well, we were talking about it yesterday. Like once. You see, uh, USC leaves, they're kind of the king of the conference. And yeah. they're going to be pretty attractive to really anybody looking at it. the Big 12, Big 10, whoever it is. 
Um, mm-hmm. They have a lot of power. You know, yeah. they're, they're, uh, they're, they look pretty good from the outside in. So I don't know. I, I haven't heard a lot about Utah specifically, but I'm sure any conference would be happy to have them. Um, and yeah, if, if they're that good of a football team and they can compete in another conference, why would you not? Again, why would you not leave if you're any competitive school in the Pac-12? Right. Like, I think at some point, if the Pac-12 wants to, choose, wants to survive before they get too many teams picked off by the Big Ten, they might have to merge with the Big 12. I mean. Yeah, I know there was some discussion about that shortly after USC and UCLA. And, you know, there was some discussion about them forming a, an alliance because everybody loves yeah. hearing that word with the uh, <laughs> the ACC. But I think realistically, like Utah is probably going to be a Big 12 poach if they're going to go anywhere. From what, yeah. from what it sounds like, the Big Ten is targeting like the the uh, the Pac-12 North, so like Washington, Oregon, uh, Stanford, and you know Stanford may seem like a weird one in a vacuum, but if they're really gunning for Notre Dame, then bringing yeah. Stanford in, in addition to getting a, another rival for Notre Dame, Stanford is the program for Olympic sports, and Notre, that's been one of Notre Dame's big three issues. Uh, for joining a conference is making sure that they do have a home for Olympic sports. So uh, I think if they pull Stanford in, that's going to give Notre Dame some assurance that their Olympic sports are not going to be kind of cast to the side. But, right. That's interesting. Yeah. But the Pac-12, I mean, best case scenario, they're going to just be another like tier, tier two conference. They're going to be on that same tier with the Big 12 and the ACC, and they're probably the weakest of those. Yeah. It's possible, depending on who all leaves, that it's going to be a tier three conference. It's going to be on, you know, on par with like the AAC and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just tough to see a path forward for the Pac-12. And Austin, you and I talked about it earlier this week, and it's just I don't know what they can do really to stay afloat. It'll be interesting to see, but if Oregon bounces. That's just yet another team that they could have relied on as a tent pole for the conference. And it's, you know, the tent's getting smaller at that point. Yeah. No, who do you lean on? You know, we talked about that. You need a, you need a brand. Oregon's the biggest brand, you know, and that you're losing them in all likelihood. So who do you have from there? Um, everyone, all your good teams are going to get recruited to go elsewhere. Yep. So what, what does it look like? You know, who's going to be the big name? I, I have no idea. Yeah, that's it's tough. But, you know, what the one last thing I wanted to talk about with uh, with this Big Ten media deal is the report per the Sports Business Journal again, who seemed to be kind of on this from the very beginning. But there is a specific clause for uh, the discussion of rights fees if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten. And, you know, they're the only school that had a specific clause carved out just for them. And part of that might be due to the fact that they are not officially in a conference, so they have the ability to negotiate that stuff independently. But I think it is important to note that because it shows that there is real – there's smoke to the move, you know. And it may not come soon. It may not come for another few years until the uh, until the NBC deal with Notre Dame backs off. But I – I think, and quite a few of the Notre Dame beat guys think Notre Dame is going to eventually join the Big Ten, which I think will be good. I think a lot of their traditional rivals are in the Big Ten, and I think they're just a cultural fit. So I'm excited for that. It's going to suck losing independence because it was always a cool talking point, and it was always something where, you know, like an independent team, it's, it's, 
it's harder for an independent team to be as successful as Notre Dame has been. But I think the benefits yeah. of joining the conference just kind of outweigh it. Well, I also think it gets tougher to be independent as these conferences get bigger, right? Like I Absolutely. just feel like scheduling at that point becomes more difficult, you know? Yeah, because I mean, with the bigger the bigger conferences, you're going to lose slates of out of conference games. These conference schedules are going to have to get bigger just by default if you get enough teams in. And then, you know, if a team only has one out of conference game, maybe two, then you're not going to have a chance to schedule a Notre Dame because you're going to want that out of conference game to be someone that you can probably beat just as, you know, the cupcake week, the SEC's favorite week, you know? Um <laughs> every year I'll say this every year an SEC team plays a really good team out of conference team yeah there's at least one that there's, plays one at year. least one yeah yeah no but uh, it's going to be tough though because if those conferences have their inventory taken up by conference games then you know Notre Dame's not going to be able to schedule some of those unless they want to play all of those tier two and tier three conferences they're not which they're not going to get any national title recognition from especially once like Clemson's able to leave from the ACC, like that Clemson leaves Miami leaves, like that's going to be pretty much it for them. So I think it is, I think they are kind of being cornered into joining the big 10. I think they may be able to hold out longer than people think they would partially due to that grant of rights contract in the ACC. But I think eventually it's coming and we just all kind of have to be ready for it. If I were Notre Dame fan or Notre Dame themselves, I would be intrigued by the, you know, the the, pro, the prospect of rivalry games becoming conference games. Oh like yeah, US, for example, you know, like for me, there's a lot more buy-in there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it'll make the rivalry games a lot better. I mean, the Big Ten is definitely the conference of trophy games, and Notre Dame has their fair share of those as well. You know, they have the megaphone with Michigan State. They have uh, the Jules Shalele with USC, and they have they have a the Shalele Trophy, I think, with Purdue. So I mean, they have those trophy games. And it's it's it would be awesome to have those be conference games with conference implications. So, I mean, imagine and they'll be able to like play Michigan again. Like they'll be able to play Michigan regularly. That's not a trophy game, but I would say Michigan is Notre Dame's one B or one A rival, depending on which Notre Dame fan you ask. I want them to play Michigan. I hate Michigan. I want that rivalry to be back. So, if yeah. Notre Dame has to, if Notre Dame has to suck it up and join a conference that for a better product, then oh well. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they themselves create so many marquee matchups, you mm-hmm. know, that would just matter even more in conference. So, yep. They're arguably the biggest brand in, in terms of like viewership and everything like that. They're probably one of, they're, pro- they're definitely a top five brand in college football and they have an argument that they're the top brand. So it's absolutely, it's having them join the big would ob- honestly, obviously skyrocket their value. So they, it was smart of the Big Ten to have those clauses carved out for Notre Dame because if Notre Dame joined the Big Ten and there wasn't any of that, then they would be not making the kind of money that they should be from that Big Ten deal. Right. So the Big Ten's not going to be a, a shared revenue, is it? Not as of right now, although there has been a conversation from the players uh, in at some of the Big Ten schools that some of that should be. I think C.J. Stroud kind of publicly made a comment about how the players should be able to share in some of that revenue. And uh, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren was relatively receptive to the idea, you know. Uh, So it'll be – that remains to be seen, I think, Um, just kind of depending on how all the NIL stuff shakes out and what kind of happens when some more inevitable lawsuits happen that the NCAA is going to lose. But 
Um, I think eventually there will probably be some revenue sharing. I just don't know to what extent or how soon. I meant more so I meant between the schools. Oh, like how the yeah, SEC yeah. does it. You know, the SEC shares revenue between every – they pile up every revenue from every school and then they just dis- distribute it evenly. evenly. Yeah, no, they do, yeah. do, they do do it evenly. I, I think, oh, okay, okay. I think only the Pac-12 – so one slight difference that they have is uh, they have like probationary members that don't get the full cut of Big Ten money. Um, okay. But then once they get past that like probationary period, then it doesn't matter like how good the team is or anything like that. I got so, you. I, I know you. like the ACC is one that they they pay out based on team success and everything, and that's p- been part of the issue is that it turns into a rich get richer thing with them. So, right. Um, so yeah, and I think honestly, if Notre Dame has to buy out that grant of rights clause, then I would imagine the Big Ten is probably fine with just bumping them straight up to full member and skipping that probationary period as a way to kind of offset those costs. So. I think they will be fine. I think revenue. I think that they'll definitely make more money than what they're making now from media deals. Yeah, because they're only making. I think this year they're only making twenty-two million dollars off of their media deal, and it was an average of fifteen million per year. So it's like backloaded. They're making more now than they were at the start of the deal, but it was an average of like fifteen million dollars a year with NBC. Which, when was that deal made? But like early two thousand tens, something like that. Yeah. Okay. But I, yeah, that's it's it was a sweetheart deal. NBC knew it, Notre Dame knew it. Yeah, so it was more of a it it gives them their exclusive access to NBC. But now that NBC is kind of playing with the big boys, I think Notre Dame's probably going to be a little more insistent on getting more of a cut of their fair share. So that'll be right. interesting to see what happens there. But you know, the long and short of it is, I think they are eventually going to join the Big Ten. But you got, you got to think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just, it just makes too much sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's just a cultural fit. Like it's a Midwest school. Like, what? Just, like there's there's only like two rivalries that's not in the Big Ten at this point. Yeah, for besides Notre Dame. like, yeah, it's Notre, it's uh, Navy and Stanford. Uh, Stanford. I guess. Stanford. Yeah. yeah. Some people consider Pitt a bigger rival than Stanford yeah. because they do have a longer history there. So that would be another one. But I knew yeah. there was an ACC school in there. But yeah, yeah Pitt and, well, and Boston College. Okay, yeah, that's right. So, but real, I mean, that's three realistic every year rivalry games. That, right, right. That Notre Dame plays. And it's just, you know, I could, I don't want them to drop the Navy rivalry. I think that one has a lot of history behind it, even if Navy's not a very good football team. I feel like, I agree. I don't know if you know this about the rivalry between Navy and Notre Dame, but the reason that it's played and that they haven't dropped it was that uh, the Navy established a training facility at Notre Dame during World War II, and it saved the university from going under. Wow. So it's more of a debt that Notre Dame owes the Naval Academy. That That's awesome, yeah. yeah. And, like, I'm sure the Naval Academy is considered that debt paid, but Notre Dame is still going to be until – Honorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until they say something, then they're right, going right. to keep playing that game. So yeah. I don't want them to lose that rivalry, but, like, Boston College, I could drop – I don't necessarily care about Boston College as a rivalry. Stanford, yeah. I could drop – they only started playing consistently in the eighties and like before that they hadn't played since like 1940 something. So yeah. yeah. Get, get them to the big 10, let them play Navy as they're at a conference game and be done with it. Yeah, that works. But with all that being said, I think it's time to move on to week zero. Uh, this is turn. This is a uh, sports fan Christmas right now. We're coming into the holiday season. You know, this is uh Black Friday is just passing, and you're starting to get the Christmas music playing. So we got the NFL season coming up in just a couple weeks. Uh, the big college football is 
games are going to be next week, but this is a nice little warm up. This is the appetizer. And yeah. we, got, we got a few fun games, at least. I don't know if they're going to be good games, but they will be fun. Uh, so let's take a look at the first game. This is going to be the morning game. Uh, Austin, you may have to wake up very early for this one. It's uh, Northwestern versus Nebraska, and they're playing in Dublin, Ireland. So nothing nothing screams Ireland like Northwestern and Nebraska. Uh, yeah, I don't know what inspired this matchup. Um, Ireland, I don't know if you know, we've never seen even an NFL game in Ireland before, I don't think. No. Uh, gosh, it's going to be a really cool atmosphere. But yeah, it's going to be an early morning uh, for yours truly. I, that's just going to be uh, that's going to be tough. I mean, I, I have to wake up for it, though. I, have I was going to say, are you going to watch it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's what time is it? Matchup. What time is it Eastern kickoff? I think 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Yeah, Eastern, so okay. 6 a.m. game for uh, Austin <laughs> out here. You know, good, on, good on you for being – okay, so actually it says 12.30 p.m., so you may you may not have to wake up too early for it. Oh, okay. I could have nice. sworn that that was a 9 a.m. kickoff, though. It just, Maybe. I feel like it would be. You would know. think, yeah. I mean, that's that's a 6:30 p.m. game, so that could be a, that could be a fun uh, night game for for the local Irish fans. They're all t- all two Nebraska fans that live in Ireland. But <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, you gotta love it for these players, though. I bet yeah. they're gonna have a blast. Like you know, that's an awesome experience. And I mean, the stadium that they're playing in, Aviva Stadium. Uh, I am a I'm a big rugby fan, and so like when the Six Nations rugby tournament goes on. Uh, uh-huh. That's where that's where the Irish national team has their home matches, and it's just such a cool stadium, and the fans can get really rocking for some of those matches. I don't know if it's going to be the same kind of atmosphere for North, North, Nebraska Northwestern, but uh, I think yeah. it will be a really fun experience for these players. And you know, obviously, they get to go to another country and play a football game like that would just be a dream experience, no matter who you are. I have a quick yeah, question: well, who's a bigger who's deal the... for college kids than pros? You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like they've got to be really excited about traveling at the very mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Who set the, who sets this up? That's a great question. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like I know the NFL like has like a partnership with London or whatever. Like they're trying to start a franchise there, possibly. But like, what, I, I don't know if the conference does this or the schools agree to it or I don't know. Yeah, I know. Like Notre Dame has played a couple of games, which you know, obviously that one's pretty on brand, right? Um. But I don't know what would have what would have started this to happen. Like, I don't know. I know. I think the very first game in Ireland was uh, Navy and uh, Navy and Notre Dame. I think that was the first game that got played in Ireland. Okay. And you know, I think they may actually have some high school games uh, at some point there, which would be really cool. Damn. But, yeah, I don't know why they scheduled Northwestern and Nebraska. I mean, good on them for doing it. Yeah, so the game starts at – I'm looking at the College Football Ireland website, and the game starts at 5.30 p.m. local time, which would be a 12.30 kickoff for Eastern Standard Time. So, yeah, you're not going to have to wake up super early for that one, Austin. (laughs) Thankfully, man, pretty normal for me. Yeah, not – Having to wake up as your first week, like that's a tough warm up. Uh, if you're going to be waking up that early, and then you got to stay up all the way through. But let's talk a little bit about the teams themselves. Um, Northwestern's going to be bad, I think. They don't really just have a ton of talent on their team, and I, I don't think Pat Fitzgerald is necessarily a bad coach, but the deck is just really stacked against him on the talent front right now. 
I mean, there's certainly not a lot of optimism around Northwestern. No. You know? Like, on the flip side, I think there is about Nebraska, you know, called the best three and nine team of all time. They were in games last year. Yep. There's optimism there. But, yeah, Northwestern, I don't know. So, I mean, lucky them they get to go play in Ireland. But, yeah, there's just – with uh, Northwestern, I just – I don't really know what, what their season looks like, honestly. Yeah, I'm pretty confident Northwestern season does not look good. What I don't know is what is going to happen with Nebraska. They are probably one of the biggest question mark teams in college football because on paper, the talent should be there. Like they should be able to, you know, be a bowl eligible team. They should be able to have a winning record and they should be able to contend for the Big Ten West. But they should have done that last year too. And they ended up three and nine. Like, you know, logic dictates that it shouldn't happen like that again with how many close games they were in. Like, there's no way they lose all of those close games again. But it happened once. I mean, there's no reason it can't happen again, and there's no reason that the wheels don't just completely fall off this time around. But, it's, yeah. Frost is on the hot seat, huh? Oh, his seat has got to be scorching hot. I think, the <laughs> yeah. only reason, I think the only reason he hasn't been fired already is because he's a Nebraska alum. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, think I mean, you've got to finish games, you know, like yeah. they can be in it and yeah, we can say, oh, they were in it last year, so they can take another step forward this year. But yeah, if, if your biggest issue was that you had talent, but you weren't finishing games, I'm not sure that necessarily means it's going to happen for you this season, you know? Yeah. Like and, who's not going to plague you again? Right. And like, you don't know if they fixed those issues, like some of their issues were on special teams and they did bring in a new special teams coordinator. Hopefully that does fix some of those problems, but it's not a guarantee. And, you know, the wheels can fall off very easily. I mean, at the end of the day, you're dealing with 18 to 21 year olds. And if the wheels fall off, the wheels can fall off really hard that they may not necessarily at at the professional level. So uh, it remains to be seen what's going to happen long-term with Nebraska. But when we're looking at this game, the spread is 13 and on paper, Nebraska should cover this pretty easily. Like, on paper. They're way more talented of a team. And, you know, they're pretty much on even footing with regard to, like, jet lag and stuff like that. Like, there's going to be no there's gonna be no issues that plague one team that don't plague the other. And, you know, if you're looking at it objectively. So, what do you guys think of the spread? What, what, what are you guys leaning on this? One thing that I thought of is if they're playing in Ireland, I'm fairly certain they'll be playing on real grass like Northwestern does. Could that favor Northwestern in this matchup? You know? So I this spread was interesting to me. I know that Nebraska is the, is the more talented team, but I think with the travel and this completely new environment, I, I might like Northwestern in this one, honestly. I don't know. Yeah, I... I don't know if I would take them heads up to win it, but with the spread that big and with it being week zero, the very first week of the season, I just don't know if – I don't know if Nebraska's going to cover that one. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, great. What about you? Any any uh, any thoughts on this one? No, I mean, I, 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 my gut says Nebraska's going to cover it. Just, yeah. Um. I mean, it, it's kind of a make-or-break season for them. For they, can't, most... they can't lose this game to start the season. If they lose <laughs> no. this game, that is... No. But, yeah, definitely. I mean, covering, though, I mean, it is 13. I mean, that's just, 
Still two touchdowns, though, against Northwestern. I'll take that. Yeah. I My gut honestly says that Northwestern is going to cover. I don't know why. I don't necessarily have a good reason for it, but it just seems like with it being week zero and with Nebraska having the questions that they do on offense, I just think it is going to be a closer game than people are imagining. I don't think Nebraska is going to lose. I wouldn't take Northwestern heads up to win it, but I am going to pick them to cover on that one. Okay. So that's going to be – that's game one. Uh, game two is Wyoming at Illinois, and Illinois is favored by 10 points there. And this is another one where the talent deficit is just pretty obvious. Like you're talking about a team like Wyoming versus a Power 5 team like Illinois. I mean, there's not really a ton to be said. Wyoming doesn't have a Josh Allen at quarterback or anything like that that they could make noise with. Um, I'm honestly surprised the spread's as low as it is. Yeah, that was surprising to me. I, I mean, you know, I know that Illinois isn't really like a top flight Big Ten school, but they're still a power five team versus a, I would say, meddling, you know, group of five uh, Mountain West school like Wyoming. I don't even think they're going to do that great in their own conference this year. So no, this spread was surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe part of that is just because Illinois traditionally, I mean, they're not necessarily a high flying offense or anything like that. And Berbilama is not known for offensive production. So maybe the idea is that he's just going to play a lot of ball control, play it pretty safe and keep it relatively close. I mean, that's the only way I could see Wyoming covering or even coming close to covering on this one. Uh, yeah. Greg, Greg, you're used to Bielema. He's, he's, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll say this about Bielema. He is consistent. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to get. You know, it's not like. I'm, I'm trying to think who is it. It's not like Mike Leach, you know, like Mike Leach is on the opposite end of the spectrum, obviously, but uh, he just, yeah. Mike Leach is kind of spotty. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Definitely agree. But I mean, Bielema, like I said, he's a ground and pound guy. Like he's not going to, he's not going to beat you by airing it out or anything like that, like a Mike Leach would. So, right, right. That being yeah. S- that, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that being said, I just have a hard time seeing Wyoming coming within 10 points of Illinois. Like, I don't think yeah, Illinois no, is going to be a particularly no. good team, but I just don't – I don't have any faith in Wyoming to be able to keep up. So, I'm personally going to take Illinois to cover. Same. Yeah, same. No, Wyoming is not a very strong team. If it, if it were a stronger uh, Mountain West team, like we have a, at least one more on this list, I would maybe think about it, but not not from them. Yeah. Agreed. So I think that's all that needs to be said about Wyoming, Illinois. None of these games are great. Um, so it's not like we have, not like the, any of these have a lot of storylines or anything like that. But right, man, we just got some, it's it's week zero. That's that's part of the fun yep. of it. We we are glued to these awful games and we are looking forward to them for whatever reason. So this next one up. Speaking of awful, we have UConn at yeah. Utah State, and the spread on that one is twenty seven and a half. People just have zero faith in UConn, and I don't blame them. I mean, they are awful. I watched a fair share of UConn games last year just out of pure curiosity, and, man, it's just they were bad. Like, they were really bad. They had no fight in them. I I can't imagine them being – I can't imagine them being worse than last season, but I also can't, I can't see them being any better. And Utah State is – 
probably right up there with San Diego State as like you know arguably the best team in, in the Mountain West. They're really good. They score a lot of points. I was thinking this could be a this could be a blowout. Like Utah State has the potential to really blow this one open. I mean, the spread is big anyway. Yeah, twenty-seven uh, and a half points. That's uh, that's a <laughs> blowout right there. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, UConn, UConn is rapidly approaching like UMass territory. Like those two schools are just on an opposite trajectory. And you know, UMass they've struggled, but they're also a very recent addition to the FBS. You know, they moved up from the FCS, and those teams are going to struggle no matter what. Like maybe a team like you know North Dakota State or one of the two Dakota schools, they would ha- be okay with it. But you know, UMass was going to struggle no matter what. And UConn, like. I remember when UConn went to Notre Dame and beat them. Like that was my that was my last, <laughs> my only non like spring game Notre Dame game that I've been to, and that was awful. We lost to fucking UConn <laughs> on Senior Day. UConn Jeez. exists so the Ivy League schools can play them and maybe get a win early in the season. That's like yeah. their sole focus. They're a cupcake. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. UConn was- is UConn is trending to be like Villanova non-existent yeah I'm honestly surprised with UConn being a basketball I mean that's another one of those where they are definitely a basketball school I'm surprised they've even kept their football team operating at this point right right they could go FCS and have much more success like Idaho oh yeah Idaho was in the Sun Belt and they're like we're gonna go to the Big Sky Conference and actually win games and have it make a lot more sense yeah yeah be a, little, be a little more on even keel than trying to contend with, you know, s- some of these teams that schedule them. But the spread's 27 and a half. Utah State is a borderline spooky team this year, and UConn is just absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I typically don't mess with numbers that big for spreads. 27 and a half is a huge number, but I feel pretty confident in Utah State covering that by, by a pretty decent margin. Yeah, I mean, I've looked Utah State – um, from everything I've read, looks to have a pretty good season coming up for them. Yeah, I think they should be able to cover this. So, I mean, Utah. I mean, UConn's just not very good. Like they're going to get beat up on by almost anyone they play. So, yeah, I mean, looking at their schedule, like it turned. If we're playing another game of find the wins, like <laughs> it's it's pretty tough. Like they've got Central mm-hmm. Connecticut State, they better not lose to them. I guess like if you get beat by a, a state school in Connecticut, that's not UConn. Like that's that might be time to hang it up and go to the FCS. Mm-hmm. But you know, besides that, they play Syracuse and Michigan and NC State. Like they've got some; those are the two best teams that they play. But any of the other teams that they're playing this year, like UMass, I guess UMass, they're pretty even tier. That might be actually a fun. A fun sicko game to watch if uh, if there's not any insane matchups that we can watch that night. Like it's a 7 p.m. game, so that might be one I tune in just to see how bad it can really get. <laughs> but yeah, I'm taking UConn or I'm taking uh, Utah State to cover that 27 and a half point spread. Same here. So yet another consensus pick, uh, and that brings us to University of Charlotte and Florida Atlantic University, where. Florida Atlantic is a seven-point favorite. Uh, you know, a little regional matchup, two teams that aren't expected to do anything crazy in terms of FBS football or anything like that. But, you know, Florida, 
I, I just don't know what to expect with this one. Obviously, Florida Atlantic, part of the reason that Florida Atlantic is getting a seven point spread is because they're at home. But the two teams are probably going to be pretty evenly matched for it's a week zero game. I think that's the thing that these games could be blowouts or teams could be struggling to find their footing on offense now that they're actually playing other teams and they could just be really close games all around. So I, I'm honestly a little stumped with this one. Yeah, I mean, these week zero games all have potential to be pretty sloppy. You know, this one was, I I don't know. This is tough for me. I would almost pick Charlotte, you know, just because. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll take I'll take FAU, more established program. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Florida Atlantic does have a little bit of a better pedigree. Um so I mean I get I guess gun to my head if I've got to pick one I guess I'm gonna take Florida Atlantic to cover, but yeah. don't feel great about that one. I wouldn't. No, nope. I I'm not touching that with an any actual money with a ten foot pole. But for any of Vegas, you, and Vegas knows what they're doing with seven flat. Yeah, that's I'm I'm, I'm trust. Uh, yeah, that might be just a straight up push. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I mean in our next game is. This honestly even worse because it's a pick'em. It's North Texas at UTEP, so it's oh. just fuck you. Decide which one you want to win. I guess. Uh, I love the movie Glory Road, so I'm gonna go UTEP. Okay, that's a good reason to pick them. Awesome. I was gonna you? pick UTEP too. Yeah, okay. UTEP as well. No particular reason. Uh, just looked at the matchup and thought UTEP first. Yeah. So, but yeah, pick, uh, I hate. I, I, know. I don't like them at all. They're the worst. <laughs> but I will. I'll actually take North Texas. Our uh, our our fellow presenter Jake is a North Texas alum, so I'm actually gonna uh, in a stance of and show of solidarity with him. I am going to take North Texas. But sorry, again, Jake. I know the whole state is excited for this matchup. Yeah, I mean it's it's the marquee matchup of Week Zero in the state of Texas. I mean, you know, besides any literally any high school football game in Texas. Like I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure they probably get bigger draws than North Texas at UTEP, but yeah, I mean, not not gonna be in necessarily. It could be an exciting game just because the two teams are pretty closely matched, but it's not gonna be good football. So I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole with my money. Yeah. Um, and our next one here is Nevada at New Mexico State, and Nevada's favored by nine points here. Uh, Nevada is probably kind of in that tier where they could be like similar ish to a UTSA or a Utah state. Like they've given some of the power five programs a run for their money in the past. Yeah. They, they perform pretty well against the power five, whether, whether it be the pack, you know, pack 12 or big, um, big 12, whenever they play, uh, they have a new coach this year. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Norvell left. So I don't really know what, um, what to expect from them. I still like them in this matchup. So. Yeah. And I mean, last year they beat Purdue, which Purdue is a power, you know, they're not the best power five program out there, but they did get a win against the power five program. So uh, it's, they, or not, no, that was not last year. What am I looking at? This all jumped all the way to 2019 for whatever reason. So a few years ago they beat Purdue. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would say Nevada is the more established program there than New Mexico State. I feel like they probably have a better shot of going in, especially with a nine-point spread, obviously. Vegas giving that big of a spread to the winner kind of tells you all you need to know about that game. So I'm going to take Nevada to cover nine and feel pretty comfortable with that. Same here. I'll agree with that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then our last one is going to be our first uh, After Dark game of the year. Looking looking very forward to watching this game. Uh, this is going to be Vanderbilt at Hawaii. And Vanderbilt is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. So we've got an SEC team, technically, going yeah. to Hawaii. And they are they are basically touchdown favorites over the over yeah. the Warriors. And I, I was thinking Hawaii has a real chance to get a win against an SEC team. And that's gonna no matter who it's against, it's gonna look really good at the end of the year on the schedule. It's a it's a late game. It's like it's it's a seven thirty kickoff for me. Um it's gonna be I am so excited for this matchup. I've been thinking about it all week long. Really can't wait for it. <laughs> Just this is like two. If I were to pick two completely random teams to play each other, it would uh-huh. honestly be two teams. Like it's just it's perfect. It's a yeah. perfect matchup. Yeah, this and game they're just playing on, they're playing on Hawaii's like makeshift like temporary stadium. They're playing on their soccer field, so it's oh, just yeah. it's just the most amazing matchup I can possibly think of. If that doesn't, oh, they're not they're not even playing in the stadium. No, they they. Aloha Stadium closed, and they're building a new one, and they're playing on their soccer field. They put, like, bleachers around their soccer field in the meantime. Oh. So it's, it's, it's so funny. If that, doesn't, <laughs> if that doesn't scream week zero, I don't know. Yeah. Vanderbilt like, at Hawaii not playing on a soccer field. Like, that yeah. is just the most week zero shit ever. And I am so excited to watch that one. I'm making popcorn. I'm I'm oh. dressing up for it. I can't wait. I'm so pumped. Just the full nine. Like, yeah, that's that's going to be a fun one. And I actually think uh, I'm going to take Hawaii to uh, to beat the spread on this one. I think having a home matchup against Vanderbilt, it's a chance to beat an SEC team, no matter who it is. Clark Lee, bless his heart, but, you know, thinking that Vanderbilt is saying that you have to – you don't have to say that, but you have to be positive about your team. I think you might have taken a little too far with saying that they can be a national championship contender. Um, I think it's going to be another rough start for him this year. And I think a team flying to Hawaii, even if they do get there a couple days early, I think that's just kind of a tough ask for anybody, but especially, you know, a team like Vanderbilt that just doesn't necessarily have the talent to put it together right now. So I'm going to take Hawaii to cover that six and a half point spread that they are the underdogs in. There we go. Same with me. I might take yep. them straight up. Who no, knows? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Take, I'm taking Hawaii to win. Yeah, that might that yeah. might be a Hawaii outright pick, and that would be that would be incredible, an incredible way to whack, to uh, wrap up week zero there. Right. I love the Rainbow Warriors in this matchup, man. Are they wearing their uh, the Rainbow Warrior uniform, or have they really? I know they, they. I don't know when they're going to. I'm sure they will. I haven't looked at when they're going to pull them out. Uh, I the last time they had those, they were away uniforms because they, they were white, unless they wore them at home. Um, I don't know, but yeah, they've got like the rainbow on the helmet. Just yeah. looks so cool. So those are some. Those are sick. I hope we see them. Yeah, same here. But yeah, so uh, is that everybody uh, picking Hawaii to at least cover potentially outright? Are we in consensus on an outright win for Hawaii? I'm going outright. All yeah, right. outright. Let's, let's lock it in. It's gonna lock be our lock of the week for the for the podcast. Please, please don't listen to us for gambling advice. Bet your house <laughs> on it. <laughs> Take a loan out, bet it all yeah. on Hawaii out, outright. You guys should Let's do it. It should be fine. Yeah. Soccer so, field, who cares? Yeah. That's week yeah. zero, baby. College football is back. Yep. 
But yeah, that's I, that's all the matchups we need to really look at for week zero. It only gets worse from there somehow. So um, let's move on. Let's talk about just kind of the season at large for college football and really just going to talk about what's going to happen at the end of the season. So we'll go over who we think the power, the power five champions are going to be and we'll just go conference order and everything. And then we'll see, we'll discuss who the best G five is going to be. So let's start with the ACC. So uh, for me, I am picking Clemson to win. It's a really safe pick, but I think that they are eventually going to get their quarterback situation figured out, whether DJU takes a step up or uh, Kate Klubnik takes over uh, five-star prospect. And I think he's pro- he's got the tools to lead that Clemson team through a kind of difficult schedule, but conference wise, I think they got a pretty decent draw this year. Uh, the toughest game is definitely going to be at Notre Dame, but every single one of their, every, all of their games are winnable games. Um, so I think they're going to have a pretty solid path to the conference championship there. And I think they're going to win that one. They should. Same here. I am not picking, uh, Clemson. I am picking NC state. Okay. I really like NC state. I watched, I, I watched a few of their games last year. There's some hype surrounding them this year. I'm just, I'm going, I, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to pick the consensus favorite, but I actually do like NC State a lot. I think they're a really good football team. They could surprise some people, so I'm going to pick them to win the ACC. I do think NC State is going to be a really, a really good team this year. Uh, they're bringing a ton of talent back, and you know they're going to have a, a mature roster, and I think that's going to take them get them over the hump in a couple places that maybe you would not expect them to win. But yeah, I I think it'll probably come down to NC State or Clemson is going to win the conference. I just, at this point, I'm going to have to see it proven that Dabo has lost his fastball as much as I don't want to admit it. Um, I, I need to see some proof from some other schools stepping up first. So I, I'm still going to take the pick the safe team and go Clemson. Well, that's the thing in the ACC, right? It's 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 not so much about Clemson as it is like other schools and the conference yeah. stepping up. Like that hasn't happened. You know, they've yeah. been, it's just been uncontested, it feels like. And other schools, you know, NC State's climbing, but other schools seem to be slipping, you know? Yeah. So it's more about Clemson kind of being on their own, and they should take care of business, right? One so, would think, but NC State yeah. definitely has a shot. I mean, even Miami has a shot, too. They have a quarterback who is potentially going to be a first-round draft pick, and when you have a guy like that, like, you have a chance to do something special. So we'll see, we'll see what the Hurricanes do, but... My pick is still Clemson. Yeah, I'm going Clemson as well. Uh, realistically, all they have to do is beat either Notre Dame or Georgia. Um, do they play Georgia this year or Georgia Tech? They definitely play Georgia Tech. I know that. That's a that's a conference opponent for them. Oh. Yeah, their very first game is Georgia Tech. Uh, they, they do play Notre Dame, and then they're – other top 25 matchups, they've got Wake Forest and then NC State on October 1st. Okay, so okay. Got their, well, their, yeah, I mean, realistically, they could lose to Notre Dame. And, yeah. You know, like, yeah, like you brought up Miami. Miami is going to be a tough game for them. Um, North Carolina State is as well. But they got they got both of those games at home. So yeah, I think I'm taking Clemson in both those games. Um, they've got a pretty favorable schedule as far as – other teams in the uh, ACC go this season. 
Yeah, they got Wake Forest early, which with everything going on with Sam Hartman, he might not be back in time for that Clemson game, which should make them an even bigger favorite in that one. And if right. they get past Notre Dame and NC State, like I think Miami is a team on the rise, but I don't think they're ready to to run with the big dogs yet. I wasn't ready to pick them yet. I thought about it, but I don't think they're there yet. I would yeah. give Crystal Ball like one full season, you know, let him get some of his own guys in there. So Right. Yeah. So we got two for Clemson and one for NC State in the ACC. Uh, next up, we are going to do the Big 12. So Big 12 is a pretty interesting one. You got a lot of teams hovering around the top. And honestly, there's only one, like, maybe two bad, bad teams in the Big 12. Like, Kansas is bad, bad, uh, although they seem to be on the rise with uh, Lance Leopold. And then West Virginia is kind of slipping, and their guy might be out. So, I would say Kansas State as well. Um, they're losing their senior all-time passing quarterback. So, um, yeah, they might have, they might have a down season this year, but I, I, yeah. I think I think in terms of like the state of their program, they're still pretty. Stable. Oh yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But you know, you got teams like Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Texas is pretty much like the upper echelon of the Big Twelve, and. I personally am not sold on Texas by any means. Uh, I think we talked about it in the Big 12 podcast, but their uh, their spread of eight and a half wins just seemed ludicrously high for a team that has just now figured out their starting quarterback situation and who is a big question mark on defense. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop anybody. Um, so they're definitely not going to be a team I'm picking to win the, bit, the Big 12. I would probably go with, honestly, I, Oklahoma, I feel like, might have the best shot here the more I think about it. Um, You know, I think I picked Oklahoma State when we did the Big 12 podcast, but the more I thought about how they lost Jim Knowles and everything like that, uh, he, you know, you may keep the same scheme, but the way that you call plays and everything like that is going to be different, and they're going to have to rely more on their offense, and I just don't know if Spencer Sanders is going to be able to keep up. No, I, you know, my, when, when looking at this one, this was the toughest one for me to pick. It was a toss-up for me between – I like Baylor, Baylor a lot as well as Oklahoma. Um, I had kind of the same thought as you with Oklahoma State. I just think that Oklahoma's transition away from Lincoln, Lincoln Riley is going to go fine. Yeah. Like in, in this conference, I just still think that they're sitting – I mean, they are sitting at the top of the conference. I just don't think they're going to have a lot of trouble still, even losing him. I just think the transition is going to go pretty smoothly. So I I can see them winning winning the conference, so that's who I'm gonna pick. Yeah, um, yeah, my pick is Baylor. Uh, my thought process behind this is, I mean, like y'all bring up good points. Uh, the thing with me is that they have Dave Aranda, who is a crazy defensive mind, and bringing defense into the Big Twelve and being the only school with defense uh, that can go a long way. Uh, yeah. especially to winning the conference. Yeah, and I do think there are like a couple schools at this point who are getting better on defense, but right. And Dave then you Aranda, know Oklahoma, Oklahoma brings in Brett Venables from Clemson, so they yeah. will get better. I don't know right, if they're going right. to be better this year necessarily. No, though. yeah, just because recruits, you know, so, Dave Aranda's got another year under his belt with his recruits, and so yeah, I think Oklahoma's big question is definitely going to be on the defensive side of the ball, just because it might be a big adjustment for them. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do agree that long-term they're going to be fine away from Lincoln Riley. 
Yeah. And I think just with the rest of the conference being in kind of the state of flux that it is right now outside of Baylor, I think Oklahoma's got a pretty good shot to win win the Big 12 this year. So, uh, so Gray, you picked Baylor. Awesome. Yep. You had Oklahoma along with me. So, um, no, uh, no three-way ties yet. So, we're going to see if that changes at all when we move <laughs> on to the Big 10. And I don't think it is. Um, Ohio State, like, they're yeah. They're gonna be they're gonna be nuts this year. I mean, their receiving core is only getting better and better and better. Brian Hartline continues to be a menace, and he must be stopped at some point. Someone <laughs> needs to hire him away to be an offensive coordinator or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, he's just stacking five star on top of five star in that receiver room. And when you do that, you can pull in quarterbacks like CJ Stroud or Dylan Raiola in the twenty twenty four class. And like, I don't know, like. They brought in Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, who they do tend to sometimes get off to a slower start on defense, but I think they are going to be able to get it figured out relatively quickly, if it's not immediately. Yeah, no, I mean, like, there's just so much talent there, and I just, I think, I think the Big Ten, it's going to be competitive. Like, it's, you know, it's not going to be easy for them to get through their schedule, but like, it was like it just was a no-brainer for me taking him to win the conference. Like I just, there's no one really, in in my mind, like they're just so far and above everybody else. It seems you know yeah. they're making such big strides. C.J. Stroud is so good. You know he's got, like you said, great receiving talent. It, it, this was an easy one for me to pick. So yeah, and honestly, looking at the first half of their schedule, once they get past Notre Dame, they have four games that are relatively winnable. Um, three of them easily winnable before they get to Michigan State, who would be their next big test. But they've got Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, and Rutgers. Wisconsin probably isn't going to be a threat on offense, so you still have time to get your defense honed in once you get past that Notre Dame game until you get to the meat of your conference schedule. So I think their defense is going to end up being fine by the time they actually hit the grind of the conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sweep Ohio State. Not much more to add on to. Uh, they'll be in the playoff. Yeah, I'd love to pick somebody else, but there's just no one that I think no. you know, can run with them. So yeah, no. I, I would love for their Michigan State. Michigan State's coming, but they're not there yet. No, they're not there yet. They they still got to land. They're doing a good job of getting some of these high end recruits on to come on visits and everything like that. But they got to start landing them and start getting those blue chippers in. I mean, right. The name of the game is prospects and getting those recruits and getting those commits. Like mm-hmm. you win with talent. And Ohio State has just built such a big brand since the 2000s. So yeah, yeah, it's hard to compete with the Buckeyes in the Big Ten there. So yeah. going to be a clean sweep for picking Ohio State to win the Big Ten. And the next conference is going to be the Pac-12. Pac-12, you know, everybody's really high on USC. And I don't necessarily see it. Uh, I brought it up when we did the Pac-12 pod with you, Austin. But I think they have a lot of questions on the offensive and defensive lines that have not made me comfortable with thinking of them as a legitimate contender. No, I just don't think they're quite there yet. I know CJ, um, Caleb Williams, not CJ. Uh, Caleb Williams has talent around him on offense. But, you know, we talked about this building the trenches can he do can lincoln riley do that has he done that yet he was asked about that at media day it, I, I he knows it's important 
for him to do that. He knows it's a, a, like integral for their success on offense, but I just don't think they're ready to take that step. Once he starts getting his own guys at USC, sure, but that's not yet. And that's also not going to matter because they're not going to be in this conference anymore. Right. So By the time he does not, get his guys in, they're going to be in the Big Ten. They're going to have to deal with Ohio State. So, Yeah, which is, again, it's going to be arguably more difficult. So, no, it's, it's I know there's so much hype around USC, but I just – when you really look into them, like it's just, it's not quite there yet for me. So. It's not, it's not a roster meant to win a conference or, you know, even sniff a playoff yet. Um, for that reason, I'm not picking them to win the conference. I am actually going to go with the favorite once again, but Utah, I just think they have a much more complete roster than anybody else in the back 12. And Kyle Whittingham has done just such a good job of building this team up to where it is now. I think they have a schedule that is favorable enough to get them a solid shot into the Pac-12 title. The Pac-12 South is not that good. Uh, USC is honestly the only legitimate competition they have there, and I don't think they're going to have any problem getting to the, the title game. So even if they do end up losing to like Oregon, then they have a chance for redemption, and it's really hard to beat a team twice in one season. So I think I, I got to give it to Utah. Yeah. I mean, like, even if they lose to Oregon because they're in different divisions, they can still make the championship game. But Utah, for me, like, if they can get past Florida and they can beat Oregon at Autzen, like, they could be a playoff team. Like, they, we could yeah. be looking at them as a playoff team. Like, they are, they are that good. They're the class of the conference. Kyle Whittingham has just, he's done just an incredible job coaching this team. Cam Rising, great, great quarterback. There's a lot of potential there for uh, for Utah beyond even just getting to the championship game, the, the conference championship game. So if like if they can just get past the early part of their schedule, um, I I like them to go pretty far. So I'm I'm picking Utah as well. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm going Utah. Uh, like y'all said about USC, still just too early. Um, especially too early for me to just say they're going to win the conference. On, you know, before we even see him play yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm going Utah. Good, complete team. I uh, also think that they will – I think they'll beat Florida. And yeah. it just – if they can beat Oregon, they they can go have an undefeated season unless they, you know, if they don't stumble to someone like Stanford or something. But um, yeah. well, if you look at the line, and a 10-win season is totally possible for them. Like, oh, yeah. Like they're they're so solid, they're so talented, but they're also by far the most physical team in the conference, and that that could carry them all the way. You know, yeah, so. that goes a long way. Yeah, you can pretty easily see a path to an undefeated season. Although you know, it's never a safe bet to pick anybody to go undefeated, except for maybe Bama or you know any of the guys that have proven that they can do it. But yeah, if they, if they can get past Florida, I don't see any reason why they can't go undefeated. Like yeah. No. And, I, and I think that is a very winnable game for them with a brand new head coach and Billy Napier who may not necessarily have his roster figured out. They've had some injury issues pop up in camp and, you know, with a, as complete of a roster as Utah has, I just think they have a really good shot at being the first playoff team from the PAC 12 in a long time. I think this is the year. I think they're the best team the PAC 12 has put forward in a long time. I think they're ready last year. They let a few games get by them last year. Like we talked about, they lost to Oregon State. You know, they let a few a few games slip last year. They had that opportunity last season. 
Uh, they had a great showing against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Didn't get the win, but they looked they played a good game, you know. So I think they're ready to do it. But if if they can just get past those couple of games, I don't think an undefeated season's out of the question. So yeah, agreed. And that is bringing up the SEC, saving the best for last, probably in the rear here. And the SEC, you got a couple teams that can do it. I think uh, I think there are definitely some teams that have the ability to win the conference. Um, that being said, I think Nick Saban is going to be on a little bit of a revenge tour this year. That man does not like losing ball games, and I don't know. It's just hard. It's hard to pick a team like Georgia when they lost so much talent to the NFL draft, which isn't a yeah. bad thing. That is a good thing for your program, but. When you're looking at the team going into the season, these guys were, you know, highly touted recruits, obviously, but you don't know what they're going to play like. No, like, yeah, my mind went to Georgia first, but then I was like, oh, yeah, they lost like a lot, a lot of their team and Alabama's good. And like you said, Nick Saban's angry. That's not a good mix for the competition in the in the SEC. So and they, got me, a good, they got a good schedule draw too. like they yeah, are, yeah. They, they're, the best team that they're going to be playing is probably Texas A&M. Yeah. Which oh, they could lose, but if they lose, it's no, it doesn't matter if, as long as they win every other game. Yeah, they can be a little bit crap game. They've, you know, it's happened to them before. So. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and I'm going to have to go with Alabama as well. I mean, look, you've got a Heisman winning quarterback returning. You've got a Heisman runner-up linebacker returning who's – arguably the best player in the country oh is the best player like will anderson, yeah okay all right will anderson got as long as we're all in snubbed. agreement all right good uh also you have most of the staff returning and like me until we uh in the sec west pod we talked about how that doesn't happen at alabama you don't return no. the same staff um there's always turnover for somehow saban was able to keep his guys he's got a whole nother year under that system you don't have to change systems for the players. Um, they're comfortable. They're ready. They're they're gonna they're gonna run tour. Yeah, it's it's tough to see a loss outside of like A and M. Like, and obviously, there's always a potential for a trap game. Like, Ole Miss is probably one that could happen. Uh, Tennessee, yeah. depending on how Hinden Hooker looks, they may be able to do some damage since they're at home against Alabama. But you know, when you're looking at it on paper, they're just Alabama's the best team in the country. Like they're, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously I don't want to pick the pick, tip the pick for the national champion later, but it's hard to find a team that has as few question marks as Alabama does. If they have a question mark, it's probably like their offensive line because they have had some issues with tackles that they have tried to address with the transfer portal this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean like Ole Miss, like maybe I'm just, kind of, I'm, I'm a Lane Kiffin guy. I love Lane Kiffin. I like Lane too. Yeah. Ole Miss looks pretty good, man. Like that, like that could be a game. You know, we brought up trap games. That could be one to look out for. I think that's going to be a fun one anyway. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, don't, I just don't. There's just not a lot else stopping them. So no, yeah, Bama, Bama, Bama. Yep, Bama. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's for that's the Power Five, and then this is probably the one where we may have the most uh, different things to say. Here is the best G five team. So let's just say the playoff expanded and, you know, the automatic bids were the power five, cha- the highest six ranked conference champions. Who is your best G5 team? Well, for me, we, I brought this up 
on the Pac-12 episode, San Diego State is 6-1 and one in their last seven against the Pac-12. They've proven they can play with Power 5 teams, and they've proven they can beat them. Uh, they look really good going into this season, even better than last season. They're playing in a new stadium, lots of excitement around the program. So they're going to be my pick. I, I watched a lot of them. I, they're, they're really explosive on offense, solid on defense, and they can keep up with uh, you know, some bigger, some bigger opponents. So I, they're my pick. Great. What about you? I'm gonna have to go with a, a somewhat local team and go with Houston. I think Houston is gonna have a great year. They've got a, a senior coming back or a quarterback coming back for his senior year. Clayton Tune, six three, two fifteen, threw thirty nine touchdowns, ten interceptions as a junior, sixty eight percent completion rate, um, and he ran for first downs whenever he had to pick up a, a first down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that they're pretty, pretty solid. And uh, I can't remember their schedule. Let me look it up real quick. I think they have a, a pretty good Power 5 game this season. Houston? Uh, yeah. Let me take a look here. So their Power 5 schedule... They got Texas, uh, Texas Tech week two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was and thinking Kansas. Texas, but they got Kansas, Texas, yeah, Texas Tech and Kansas. So yeah, they yeah, resume might be a little tough if they're looking for a playoff push, but I don't think there's any <laughs> yeah. reason they can't. I don't think there's any reason they can't go undefeated with that schedule, honestly. Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at like maybe Memphis. Uh, I don't know how their offense is going to be looking this year. I just know they always put up points. Yeah, and UTSA could be could be sneaky depending on what you know. There's there's obviously yeah. potential to lose there, but I, I right, think it's going to be end up being a very good football team. Um, yeah. My pick is technically not a G five school, uh, but it's not a Power five school either, and it's an independent that's not Notre Dame. It is the BYU Cougars. Uh, been very high on them this year, and looking at their schedule, they've got some tough games for sure. They play Notre Dame in Vegas. They play Arkansas in Fayetteville, and they go to Autzen to play Oregon. I don't think any of those games are instant losses, though. No, like we talked about, it's. I think they're a better team than Oregon. I like BYU a lot. You know, they're a tough football team. But my only pause was that you know, you you just listed off some really good teams that they're playing. They have a they have a That's tough, tough row. It's a t- yeah, so. if, if they end up beating those teams, though, like that is an insane resume. Like Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, and Baylor. I forgot about Baylor. They play Baylor week two. Like if they if they put together wins like that. Oh, and, I mean, if they win undefeated, they're in the playoff. Oh, absolutely. If you're looking for a team that is going to be playoff bound from the G five or you know independent, that's not Notre Dame. Right. It's, it's BYU to me. Like they, yeah, I mean that schedule is insane. The schedule's tough enough that if they go undefeated, like you cannot deny it. Like it wasn't like Cincinnati oh, yeah, yeah. last year where they had like you know Indiana and stuff like that on the schedule. Yeah, they were they were propped up by that Notre Dame win. I think we all I think everybody knows it. And but BYU would also have a Notre Dame win, and they would also have three wins against three separate conferences. Like they would beat the Pac-12, they would beat the Big Twelve, and then they would beat an SEC team. Like. You That's can't. a better resume than an undefeated Pac-12 school. Yeah. 
that's more it's more top 25 teams in a pac 12 school for sure yeah yeah so i i don't know i just really like what they've done in terms of building that roster they have a ton of returning talent this year and i don't know i think they have a path for it and i think they're going to show that they are a really good team so that's going to be my pick for the best g5 team solid that's a good pick yeah so yeah, I mean, I think those are all those are all really good picks. I think those teams are all going to be ones to make noise. That they're definitely going to pull off some wins against some, some real Power Five teams this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the big dog, big dogs? Who are your guys' four playoff teams? Gray, we'll start with you this time. All right. So uh, first matchup, I have Ohio State playing Utah. Okay. And then on the other side, I have Alabama playing Clemson because I think I Clemson, just think okay. Yeah, I think both of those schools, all four, uh, maybe not Alabama, um, are going to go undefeated, or I guess the other three. So who's your who's your number one in that situation? Is that Ohio State? Yeah, okay. Ohio State one. Alabama would probably be uh, – I would put Alabama at three ahead of Utah because I think a one-loss Alabama team would be probably ranked higher than Utah. Yeah, so Clemson would be your two there? Yeah, I, I think – and I have Alabama losing to – a and M and beating Georgia in the championship. Losing to A and M and then beating Georgia, man, that'd be a be an interesting way to knock off the the defending champs. So, yeah, because I mean, if if that happens, you know, that loss is early enough in the season that they can, you know, move their work their way back up. Right. I would lo- I would love for Utah to make the playoff, man. That would be such a cool yeah. story for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a good. That's a great playoff slot, uh, slate. How about you, Austin? What, what what are your picks here? So my four are uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Utah, and I'm putting NC State in the college football playoff. I picked them to win the ACC. Yeah, you so got gonna, gonna yeah, let it ride. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably go Alabama one, Ohio State two, Utah three, NC State four. Mm-hmm. So, but that's I I feel pretty I feel decently pretty good about about that slate there so yeah i like um, that i like that a lot I mean, if you pick nc state to win the conference you pretty much have to pick them to, to make the playoff it's there's not i got a problem you can't square yeah. that circle really so and let's be honest the the playoff committee kind of works the semifinal games to match up if that makes sense like you know they 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 rank it fav- like how ohio state would be playing a pac-12 school like it'd be like in the Fiesta Bowl, you know what I mean? They Rose wouldn't put, yeah. or yeah, 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 Rose Bowl, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, they they kind of rank it how how they feel, or how they feel would be the best matchups. Yeah, they they definitely go for storylines. I think with the with those top four teams there, right? Um, yeah, I think uh, Ohio State, Alabama, and Utah get a clean sweep for the for the playoff bid this year, and man. It's tough because you don't want to necessarily leave out Georgia, who's a who's a defending champ. Yeah, but I, I mean, lo- losing nineteen players is it, it's tough. I mean, you all, saw that with LSU, but pretty much all on one side of the ball. Like, yeah, know, George yeah. Pickens was definitely probably the biggest offensive loss that they had, but they still got Bowers. Like, they've still got Bennett. They've got a lot of that offensive side of the ball, but they lost so much on defense. Yeah. But, I think they can be a New Year's Six team, but like I, I thought about them in the playoff, but it's just like I think that's just a lot to overcome. 
I think they yeah. have, I think they lose twice. I think they lose to Kentucky. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see it. A little, little spicy take. I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, Mark Mark Stoops uh, <laughs> locking in that football school resume with a win over Georgia. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think for my fourth team, I would probably go Clemson, uh, just because I do think that they have a really good shot to go undefeated this year uh, if they can get past Notre Dame. At, NC State, yeah. I feel like it's probably their second biggest challenge, but Clemson would probably be my fourth team if they can make it. Uh, my fifth team would probably be BYU. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep riding the BYU train. I think they're gonna end up having an amazing season. They'll probably just miss the playoff with a loss to one of those power fights teams. I don't think they're gonna, they would, I don't think they're gonna run the table on them. They could though. Yeah, my my fifth team is uh, Baylor. Yeah, that's a good one. Just on the outside, yeah. I would put yeah, I would put BYU at five. Um, I think they'll be really impressive, and that that you know that schedule is going to look really good, especially if it's covered with wins. So yep. you know, for sure. So now that we got our playoff slate uh, out of those four teams, who are the two that's going to make the national championship, and who's your winner? Um, I'm going to Alabama, Ohio State. Alabama's yeah. going to win it. I mean, I think we might all agree on that. <laughs> I'm going to Alabama, Ohio State. I'm picking Ohio State to win the national championship. I think I am too. All right. They look really good. Yeah. I think Clemson, I think eventually Clemson is going to have the loss of both coordinators catch up to them. Um, You know, they're just going to have two inexperienced guys. I feel like that eventually it's going to bite them. So I think Ohio State, this might be the the year for them to, you know, put everything on the table. I I think they're going to be able to do it this year. So. I would say Alabama and Ohio State in the championship game with Ohio State winning. Yep. All right. So Alabama's at least making the champion. They're they're all making the championship game at least. That's a sweep for who's no, getting, yeah. Sweep for who's getting in, but uh, but yeah, I I think uh, either one of those teams is going to have a really strong argument to make. That's going to be such game. a. I mean, I I hope like I hate that it's the same teams, but I That's I want to see. <laughs> I want to see CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young. I want to see near two NFL teams playing. Yeah, like I, I want to see the battle for the number one pick between yeah, them two. That's going to be an incredible television to watch, and I can't wait to, to live watch that with all you guys. Yeah, um, who's your guys' Heisman winner? Mine is CJ Stroud. Uh, like we talked about his wide receivers, he has. I just think that he's gonna he's gonna look really really good this season. Bryce, I mean like. That was a, this is a really tough to pick those, but I just Ohio State's just so talented that I just I'm, I had to pick CJ over over Bryce. So yeah, it's just hard to repeat as a Heisman winner. I, yeah, e- even if you even if you do good, like the, it's still it's like it's like being a champion in boxing without knocking them out. Yeah, yeah, like you yeah. know, it, like you have to do something insane to win that Heisman back to back. Right, yeah, uh, and it's not even that he's going to have a regression or anything like that. I think no, he's yeah. just as good this year. It's just yeah. hard to to top already winning the Heisman. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to pick either one of those guys. I'm going to go with the actual oh. best football player. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Yeah, Brad. no, no, yeah. I'm going with Will Anderson. Oh, damn. I thought I, thought I was going to have a hot take. Damn it. No, yeah, no. I, I wasn't saying Bryce Young, but, yeah, I, th- I think defensive – I think the defensive side of the ball finally gets it. Um, I got to plug this. It's a damn shame Tyron Matthew didn't get it, but here we are. I think Will Anderson deserves it. Um, 
And, and you know, like by the end of the season, if he does exactly what he did last year, it, it's a lock. Yeah, if he if he replicates his season from last year, like I get that it's basically turned into a who's the best quarterback on a good team award. But man, if you're as good of a player as Will Anderson is, I mean, it's it, I would be very disappointed in the Heisman voters for not for not picking Will Anderson. I was disappointed that he didn't even get a finalist appearance last year. Like yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, whatever. Aiden Hutchinson, yeah. had, he had a really good game against Ohio State, and that's what got him there. And besides that, could have been just a good season. We saw what happened. In the- I think that's what can push Anderson over the edge is that, that, you know, they've been getting a lot of flack for it just becoming like a quarterback award, you know, and just- Anderson's also a great player. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I, I'm I'm picking him because I'm picking uh, Stroud because I still think it's going to go to a quarterback. I just yeah. don't think they're over that quite yet. But if right. it's if it's anyone outside of the quarterbacks, it's. I mean, this is this is the year for it. This is the guy in Anderson. So he's just an insane prospect, and he's an insane college football player. Like he is the real deal. And so, yeah, Gary, I'm with you there. I thought I was going to be able to beat you to the punch on that one, but uh, uh, <laughs> I had to get it in. Yeah, I completely spaced <laughs> on the fact that you hadn't actually said who you thought was going to win. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. I think it's going to end up finally being a defensive player, and I think it's going to be Will Anderson. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good look ahead of just kind of the season at large. Obviously, it's not as deep as some of our conference previews have been. So just a lot of big picture stuff there. But now we've got a fun little segment here. We are going to finally take commitments from our buddies Shane and Tobias. And if you remember from way back in our first episode, they were uncommitted. They hadn't grown up with football, and they are going to commit tonight. Hell yeah. No, like you said, no football experience, no real fandoms to speak of, no real like geographical attachments to anything. They've been, they've been getting some, uh, some pushes, you know, and I, I'm just, I'm just really curious to see where they landed. You know, what persuades them to go where we'll find out. Yeah. It's always interesting. Even, you know, in real life recruitment, hearing the reasons that they pick these schools. So uh, great. Got any predictions? Uh, you know, I think, I think Shane, I, I slacked a little bit on Tobias recruitment, you know, he kind of annexed out the South. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think Shane, uh, Shane could be a tiger. I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. Um, yeah. Well, you gotta think Shane's going to LSU. I, I, you gotta think so. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was your call early on. That was your call. You know what? Night. I'm sticking to my guns. He's going to be a tiger. There you go. Doubling down on the crystal ball. Love it. <laughs> All right, for our last segment here, we're going to do a little bit of a callback to our very first episode. Uh, If you guys remember, our buddies Shane and Tobias are uncommitted football fans. They uh, they didn't have college football fandom growing up, and they're looking to join someone's fandom this time. So they've decided that they are ready to announce 
who they're going to root for at least for this season, maybe maybe permanently. But we'll uh, we'll let them talk about talk about it a little bit, and we're just going to go ahead and start with Shane. So Shane, welcome back onto the show. Yes, thank you, an honor. Glad to have you back. So what's this? Uh, what's the process been like for you? It's um. It's been great, to be honest. It's been a little bit, little bit nerve wracking, but um, overall, just a positive, positive process. Um, of the many, I can't even remember how many people were recruiting me. Just such a popular recruit. But um, amongst all the recruiters that I had, two of the recruiters actually sent me some merch. So I think, I mean, without a doubt, it's going to come down to those two. Okay. I mean, already down. Like, I mean, of the two. There were a lot of people coming after me, but only two sent me these uh, beautiful sweatshirts here that you can't see, but we're on audio. But um, <laughs> where'd, yeah, you get, think, where'd you get the gear from? Uh, what uh, if you want to give a random? If you want to give a plug to, yeah, to I want to give a plug to the brand. The plug was uh, I can't even remember. Hold on, it's actually a really fit. Yeah, it's a great. Oh, actually, it's a great brand. Home field plug. Okay. Um. You know, made in Guatemala, which is okay. That's 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 all right. But it's designed and printed in Indianapolis. So there you go. Hometown pretty, team, yeah. It's I, a uh, hometown. You know, they're actually like ten minutes away from where I live. So that's uh, that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, you get down to two teams. So uh, any like official visits or anything like that, or you know, any NIL deals on the horizon for you? So no official visits, but it was a tough decision because I know. With Louisiana, LSU, obviously of the two, my choices were down to Notre Dame and LSU for the people people listening at home. So you had to narrow um, down to a top two then. Yes, those were the two. I mean, Baton Rouge and LSU has the food. It was, I mean, Gray really pitched an amazing pitch. Um, one of the better pitches even before I got the, the merch. And then obviously um, the Notre Dame pitch was incredible as well, obviously from Tyler. So we had to... It was a it was a hard choice, but I think what really came down to it. I uh, recently was just at a wedding for my my brother, and he did get married in a Catholic a Roman Catholic church, and it was a at Salve Regina, which is I believe a Jesuit school, but it still is a uh, or it might be a Roman Catholic school. I'm not sure, but just being there, being in the chapel, feeling feeling the spirit, the Holy Spirit again. It was. Uh, <laughs> You know, so I think the decision has been made for me. I'm I'm going back with my roots, and I'm selecting Notre Dame University. It was a hard decision, Gray. I can see your face. I mean, it was a very tough decision, believe me. But when it comes down to it, I, I, I consulted my family. I consulted my friends. Um, it was a marriage of two strong Irish Catholic families, the Kerwins and the Lisas, but Gallagher's and, and Carey's by, by marriage, so very Irish, strong Irish Catholic names. The, the, the priest himself was a Notre Dame priest actually. So oh, no kidding. Was, yeah. Bill Callahan. So, um, he'd been to Dublin many times and even I had, I had even asked his wisdom. Naturally he had talked about Notre Dame and kind of, it was an easy decision for me. It was, it was when it came down to that, it was a hard decision before this weekend. This weekend is when I made the decision. A few yeah. days ago, to be honest, this on Sunday morning, I woke up and I was ready. The decision was made. Um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm hoping for a great year. I'm going to watch all the games. Like I said, my, I know my grandpa's going to be watching. He uh -huh. just watches every year. So this was, it was, uh, I'm disappointed. I'm sorry, Gray, but I'm happy and I'm ready and I'm, I'm excited for you a new know, era. 
And the nice thing is, is that they are, they're not playing each other. So, you know, you can always have LSU as the second team. Um, there's not, there's nothing wrong with, uh, enjoying both teams. Perfect. No, yeah, it's, it's all right, man. It's all right. You win some, you lose some, you know, uh, you made me eat my words from this, from the pod. <laughs> I previously stated on the pod, Shane's going to be a tiger. <laughs> I almost was. I'll tell you, I was. I was. No, yeah. I was days away, literally days. It was just the. There's something about seeing your older brother get married, and then the, in the church, and then the, there were Notre Dame fans there. It was. It was there was something. You know, I can't it was, compete. It, I can't yeah, compete. It, when it comes down to family, it's tough to. It's tough to beat. You know, in the real world of recruiting, too, sometimes it comes down to a visit. If a kid, if someone's blown away <laughs> by their visits, then. That's what happens. So I mean, and he got visited by the Holy Spirit. Yep, exactly. And I'm the people, the people at home can't see me right now, but I'm putting on the Notre Dame on the hoodie sweater. There we go. It's going on, and oh my God, is it comfortable, ladies and gentlemen? That's home field for you. A lot of comfortable gear, no matter what team you end up picking. But we're glad to have you. So uh, you're going to count this as a nice win on a five star prospect. Uh, like more five star prospects than uh, Brian Kelly signed for. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, that's awesome, man. So, uh, with that, you got anything else you want to say before we pass it off to Tobias? Or um, the last thing I want to say is that Han is a coward for not showing up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Penn State. I'm, I'm, I, let it be noted. If you go back to the episode that me and Tobias were on, Han didn't even pitch to me out of spite. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to come back and say, and then Gray again. I mean, Gray, all the teams, there were great shout outs, but Gray, LSU, it, it was really close. It really was. And, um, I think LSU will, will be my number two team. Easy decision there. All right. All right. That's the nice I thing can, about, I can live with that. That's the nice thing about fandom picks is that the, the, People that finish second, you could probably still get them to root for you at least. Right. And as a recruit, you know, it is an actual recruit. You can't get them to root. Rooting for you doesn't mean anything. That's, that's where <laughs> you end up. Shit. That's where you're worried about hitting, them hitting the portal. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Thanks for your, thanks for uh, hopping back on and letting us know what you're gonna do. And we'll uh, we'll look forward to having you on to talk about the season, how it's been going for you as a as a first time fan. So uh, we'll be excited to hear from you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, you know. I mean, I'll, I'm honored to be on again, and I'm looking forward to being on during the season. My uh, Actually, my college roommate is, does a, uh, a podcast for college basketball, but he's super into college football this year and has been reading the books, so we're going to be watching a bunch of games this year. I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah, well, hey, if he, if he ever wants to hop on, uh, just just let him know. Get him he's in, a, get he's him a Syracuse Discord. guy. That's Syracuse okay. guy. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Don't have him listen to the ACC episode. We didn't. Uh, we did not do kind things from them. But, uh, oh no! Oh no! All right. Well, thanks, Shane, for that. Uh, happy to have you here in in the fandom. And now we're going to move it on to Tobias. So, Tobias, tell us a little bit about the recruitment process for you. Yeah, well, a little tough to follow that act. So it's not as religious or <laughs> no wedding involved. It was more analytical. So no epiphanies. No. <laughs> uh, what I was basically looking at for starters was uh, the team success and that, cause I didn't want the team to be too good. So I know Gary was pitching Georgia, but as a blue Jays fan, Sabres fan, Browns fan, like those teams are all pretty much hopeless and haven't sniffed success in decades. So I felt it would be kind of wrong to just jump on a team that's super successful because yeah. I'm used to losing and it's what I'm comfortable with. If my, like when the Raptors were <laughs> successful a few years ago, I just didn't really know 
what any of it meant. It was all shock to me. So yeah, can't go through that quite yet. So especially with some of the pitches from uh, Bennett and Han, I know Shane was mad that Han's pitch was more Canada <laughs> to my focus, but I loved it. So those were the ones I gave the most thought to. So between the team success, the jerseys and uniforms that I'm a big fan of just, you know, comparing those and seeing which ones look more appealing to me, the Canadian connection. So for, I know, uh, Michigan state Bennett was talking with the CFL, which is the best football league in the world in my biased opinion. So he said the stat there with Michigan state having the most players in the CFL, which I didn't really look that up if it was true, but I'll trust it. So that was a good point for Michigan state. And then, yeah, just also ease of to me watching it here. Cause in Canada, we don't really have the same networks. Like you were just talking with big 10 network and ACC and whatnot. So for yeah. me, it's pretty much what's on TSN, which is our equivalent to like ESPN, just oh, okay. more streamed down. And in Canada, there are mostly big 10 games are on in the Saturday. So yeah, right off the bat that unfortunately, sorry, gray kind of knocked off the boys down in the South. So no, it's cool. It's cool. For the longest it was, came down to like I actually mentioned there with Han and Bennett, Penn state and Michigan state. Okay. So between those two, after going through all the comparisons and whatnot, I have decided to take my talents to East Lansing, Michigan. Wow. All right. Spartans. Spartans. The CFL pitch works. It I'm did. sure I'm sure Bennett's going to be thrilled to hear you say that. So <laughs> that's uh that that's a big that's a big pickup for Bennett. And so what is there anything else besides the CFL Connect and just the availability to watch that made you uh made you want to do it? Was there anything Yeah. I was just looking it up. I could be wrong, but it looks like they hadn't won a national championship in quite some time, so that despite you know, you think of the otherwise that helped a lot because like I said, I like to root for loser sports teams, kind of like what Bennett said in his pitch with the underdog persona. I was yeah. reading a bunch of Big Ten previews. Uh, they were saying Michigan State was overrated, overhyped, so that's another, you know, bootstrap. Let's put it back against the wall. Let's mm-hmm. show the, the haters they're wrong, and let's run the table. So I'm fully convinced they're going to win the national championship this year, and that won't result in anything but heartbreak. So Nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, if there wasn't heartbreak, then that means you just don't care. So, you know, heartbreak. Heartbreak is good in the long run, but no, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, and that would be, that'd be fun to fact check that, uh, that CFL <laughs> stat. I know uh, recruiting is never a hundred percent honest a lot of the time. So, you know, coaches, coaches have tended to flub some stuff there here and there before, but uh, all right, well, I'm sure Bennett's happy to have you. I'm sure Sparty nation's happy to have you. So I bet, uh, I bet Bennett will be happy to do a little go green, go white with you. But yeah. Yeah. Tuck. tuck tuck is coming don't forget that folks <laughs> now now tobias is all on the tuck train but yeah. awesome well yeah thanks you guys both you and shane for uh, hopping on and announcing your commitments i'm sure that you guys are going to enjoy college football season um you know obviously aside from the big games and everything this is it sounds like it's going to be your first time getting into the weeds of everything so we're uh, we're happy to have you, and we're here. We're excited to hear reactions from newer fans on how some of the games go. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun time. 
And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm happy that Shane decided to pick me and I'm happy that Tobias was able to find a team that he's going to be able to, uh, to watch on the regular. So uh, it's a, it's a good time. We're looking forward to it with you guys. So thank you for hopping on. And I do also want to give a big shout out to Gray and Austin for their help in talking to me about week zero here. We're really looking forward to it. It's been so, it feels like forever since we've had like just full on college football, like just, you know, completely, completely full go. And I know week zero games suck. Like none of the games we talked about today are going to be marquee matchups, but I'll be damned if I'm not going to watch as many of them as I can. They count. It's regular season. They count. It's not preseason. These are going on the record one way or the other. So, you know, if Florida loses or if Florida State loses to Duquesne, that's that's an L. <laughs> will, uh, will Notre Dame and Michigan State play? This weekend, no. No, the uh, – I mean this season, will they play? Oh, no, they do not play this season, uh, unfortunately. Okay. So, right. not no chance for the matchup there. So, that's actually uh, – I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but this that is a rivalry game, uh, like a trophy rivalry game. That's the uh, the battle for the megaphone. So, <laughs> if, if Notre Dame ends up going – back to the or not going back if Notre Dame ends up joining the Big Ten then that'll probably end up being another regular rotation game so that'll be even more fun for uh for having you guys you know talk it up but uh yeah in the meantime no unfortunately they don't play Michigan State I would I think that would be a pretty fun matchup but uh it's gonna be a good time in college football season we're ready for it we are ready for you know all the pick em leagues and everything like that so um I think it's okay if we just kind of hop off for tonight. I think it, we've talked enough about Week Zero, and I think all we got to do now is watch the games and react later on. So uh, thank you guys for hopping on with me, and thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we will be back with a Week Zero reaction next week. So watch the games and be ready to talk it up with us, and we are looking forward to hearing from you. So in the meantime, don't tweet recruits. <laughs> whether they be, whether they be football recruits or uh, fan recruits, we don't need we don't need uh, any hate mail or anything like that from our from our newest commits here. So, good night, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Good night. Thanks. <laughs>